This episode is about self-talk and the entrepreneurial narrative and its importance in determining the success of an entrepreneur, but ultimately the entrepreneur's ability to pursue their goals and their ambitions in almost a effective and um, conducive manner. So through my master's, I researched how the entrepreneurial narrative affects an entrepreneur's ability to overcome hardship and overcome sort of systemic issues that potentially hold entrepreneurs back, such as ethnicity or their socioeconomic background or their criminal history. And interestingly, what I found was that the entrepreneurial narrative was heavily determinant in allowing the individual to really understand what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur, but ultimately their willingness to actually participate or go down this route. Now, one of the first findings was around locus of control. Individuals who were willing to pursue their entrepreneurial ambitions tended to have an internal locus of control. They tended to believe that they can control certain things such as their actions, their habits, what they participate in day to day. And ultimately, this would have an impact on their ability to attain their goal. Now, conversely to this, there were individuals with external locuses of control, individuals who believed that religion, economics, government um, intervention all played a large role in their ability to thrive as entrepreneurs and their ability to ultimately achieve their goals. Now, what we found was that internal locuses of control were the most commonly found among entrepreneurs who are willing to pursue their enterprises or pursue their businesses and that were going to be successful in them. Now interestingly entrepreneurial narratives you get a few different types so one of the ones that I found most interesting as I am a minority myself and from a working class background in London is that when an individual sees their race or their ethnicity as a factor that could hold them back as an entrepreneur they often build these self-fulfilling prophecies so they often believe I'm less likely to get funding because of my race or ethnicity I'm less likely to be able to build strong social capital because of this and what this creates is it creates almost a a cycle where individuals families friends communities believe these things they pass this on to the individual themselves then unless the individual is able to shake off these beliefs or are able to build newer productive and conducive beliefs they end up passing these on and it becomes a cycle within communities where individuals are afraid to pursue their entrepreneurial passions because they believe there is no point it's a futile endeavor now looking at entrepreneurs like the ceo of social chain stephen bartlett and his diary of a ceo podcast he explains how race has been an issue for him he has been undergone microaggressions or undergone racist incidents throughout his entrepreneurial endeavors and the more successful he's gotten the more he's witnessed these um racist events taking place but he never believed that racism was going to stop him achieving what he wanted to achieve because he believed in himself and believed in his ultimately his enterprise and when I sat with that myself I am not only uh, come from a Tamil background, I'm a person of colour, from a working class background, I have a criminal record where I served a prison sentence at a young age 
And I remember sat there in prison thinking that I wasn't going to let the judge or my prison sentence determine my fate, that I was going to determine my fate through essentially building habits and actions and a network and social capital that allowed me to transcend these societal definitions that or societal categories that had been placed on me. And my research highlighted this too, that to build a positive entrepreneurial narrative or a positive to build positive self-talk in itself it required mainly two steps and the first step very straightforward is taking action now when I say taking action I don't mean momentous decisions like for example you know before you've even had a business idea opening a business and trying to raise funding from VCs I mean the small things you do every day whether that's you waking up journaling and reading or whether that's you spending a portion of your day researching the market or researching your consumer to understand what it will take to build your business. But also action falls under what you consume. Now, the majority of people within sort of the millennial generation and younger believe that, or spend a lot of time on social media, and essentially they consume a lot of what their networks consume, their communities consume but they have a choice. They can consume business content, marketing content, entrepreneurial content, um, self-help or even spiritual content. And what this ultimately does is it trains the artificial intelligence algorithms on these platforms to provide more of this content, but it it helps to shape the individual because like how negative entrepreneurial narratives or negative self-talk comes from the environment that we inhabit, it's the same with the positive side. So if we tailor our social media feeds, our networks, the people we spend our time with, to be individuals who have the internal locus of control, have this idea that anyone can achieve anything if they put their mind to it, that humans are these limitless individuals who choose what and where we spend our time. And with this mindset, it's the small actions, the exercising every day, the commitment, the discipline, the willingness to try things that you're not good at, the curiosity to learn when you don't know, that ultimately allow individuals to develop a positive narrative without necessarily having to demean themselves or feel bad about the fact that we've all been socialised and conditioned to a degree to believe that it's difficult for us to overcome this, to overcome negative self-talk, to overcome a negative entrepreneurial narrative. Now, the second step is, is it gets a lot less complex. And I guess the second step allows us to understand that we need to identify and become aware of our self-imposed limitations. Now, self-imposed limitations can exist in a variety of forms. So a standard self-imposed limitation that I've heard is, Uh, I really want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't have the education, or I live in the wrong area, or I am the wrong skin colour. And ultimately, it's the awareness that these imposed limitations come from you. And people don't seem to recognise that because we live in a world where we're fed a narrative, a mainstream narrative from media outlets, from influences, from social media platforms. 
And ultimately, in this narrative, we're told about the state of the world. But that state of the world doesn't apply to the state of the individual. You have entrepreneurs coming from all backgrounds. You have unicorn startups coming from all backgrounds. You have this levelling and democratisation of the playing field where you have access to information, education, in the click of a finger for absolutely free. And when you acknowledge that these limitations that you've put on yourself are self-imposed, it's transformative because you realise quite quickly that it's in within your power to, first of all, take action, but secondly, to understand how these limitations are what's holding you back. These limitations stop you doing certain things. And I can give myself an example of this. When I was 17, 16 or 17, um, I got offered to go to a surgical skills masterclass at Imperial to help with my medical school application. And I was really resistant to going. And it was because I was at state school and I felt coming from a working class state school and I didn't really realise that I needed to self-awareness. I didn't only realise that this was a self-imposed limitation much later on but at the time it was I felt resistant I was like I didn't want to go because I knew that the people around me wouldn't be the same people around me that I had at school or my friends or the people I grew up with and these created this great internal resistance that I only overcame because my dad literally quite quite literally forced me to go and it made me realize that a lot of the times when we feel resistant to doing something that's outside our comfort zone or that is new to us, it comes from these self-imposed limitations where we say, oh, we're not that. And I can think of an even better example with art. When I was in school, I always thought that I was too smart to do art. Like I had a natural inclination towards the sciences and maths. And I just thought art is not for me. And as I got older, I realized that design, art, the ability to be creative was quite essential to being an entrepreneur but also quite essential to you know building and understanding yourself like how you express yourself ultimately and it was interesting to me how me believing my like ability in science and maths was not a negative thing but to believe that my ability in science and maths made um gave me an exception to try other subjects like art like design really highlighted how damaging self-imposed limitations could be because as I've gotten older and I've tried my hand at design I've realized I'm not as bad as I thought I was which was interesting because the reason I didn't want to try an art was because I didn't think I was good enough because I didn't think my mind was creative enough that I wasn't you know able to pursue creative subjects with as much vigor as I was science and maths and this applies to entrepreneurship because As an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to seek value creation in very diverse and chaotic means, through very diverse and chaotic means. And it's finding that peace in chaos, but the only way to find that peace in chaos is to understand that any limitation you set yourself is comes from you. It comes from the socialization and conditioning of the years of growing up within a specific place, a specific community, a specific society. But ultimately, you determine whether that limitation becomes enacted, it becomes displayed and emphasised through your willingness or unwillingness to take actions, or um, whether you choose to acknowledge it, recognise its presence, and take steps to overcome it. And a great way to overcome self-imposed limitations, once you develop awareness of them, is to write them down and then challenge them. 
but challenge them through actions. Challenge them through doing something that directly challenges the limitation. For example, if you believe that, you know, you can't be an entrepreneur because you're not educated enough, then become educated through online courses, through YouTube, through um, the massive open online courses that have, um, you know, MOOCs that have arisen over the last few years. And then attempt to challenge that um, self-imposed limitation. Ask yourself, how do I feel about my education now? And remember, it's a long-term process. It takes years and years and years to build a positive narrative. But you have to be willing to start building it. You have to be willing to acknowledge that your narrative may not be conducive. And it's accepting that you might be in denial, in denial that things are the way they are, or culture is the way it is, or society is the way it is, because everything is open to change. Change is the only constant. And if you look throughout history, you'll see that society changes in almost massive and unpredictable ways. Therefore, your limitations that you impose on yourself should be open to the same change to enable you to achieve your potential. Now, what I'd like everyone who's listening today to do is just quite simply take action, one small action towards your goal, towards your ambitions, but ultimately take an action that challenges your self-imposed limitations because that's the only way to truly understand how how much you're holding yourself back and how much it is you who's holding yourself back and no one else and nothing around you.